0: Kind of background music right now. Hum with your neighbor. Hmm. It's kind of a thing going on right now. I'm not sure what it is. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Buckner. I'm the pastor here. And I'm excited about Jesus the living one, the eternal one, the unchanging one. We are at the end of our James series. It's been fun. We've had a number of people communicate. Listen to who's been talking this summer, who's been praying and reading and preparing messages. Clark Zonbrecher, Michael Ellis, Emily George, Pierce Van Dunt, Phil Masterson, and Susan Buckner have all shared from the book of James. And I have I really, really have enjoyed this. This is a powerful message from the elder in Jerusalem who went through many different things in the beginning of the church and at the end of his life or at some place in significant season of his life is saying, this is what I want to leave to the body of Christ. So powerful words. Next week we're beginning a series we're calling Unchanging Jesus and His Church. That's our vision series as we're getting off Started off for the fall. And this is something that is deep inside of me. It's deep inside of us. That in all that's happening, so how many things change in life in Boston? 99% you feel like it's going on, everything's shifting. There is one who is unchanging. And he is not boring in being unchanging, he is the place of security and permanence the foundation to where whatever happens in life, there is a place of substance. And so we're going to be going through messages, some of these things, as we're we're talking about our, our vision with a few different ways of coming at it, loving God, sharing life, proclaiming Jesus. This is not, oh yeah, we've done that before. This is we believe this. Lord, reveal this into our lives in a deeper way than ever before. Let us get a hold of this. If we can get a hold of, of the substance of this, we believe that everything that God has for us in his word is going to be coming at a new and a fresh level. So we are with the one who is unchanging. For those of you that feel like your boat's gotten turned upside down a little too many times recently. There's one who is unchanging. We're clinging to him. So let me pray as I'm getting started here. And again, Lord, we just thank you for the life of your spirit. We thank you that we can be with you. Thank you that you've opened up a way. You saw us. You loved us first. You came to us. And we respond by saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You, you are life. And we ask you to break your word open to us again today. Make it fresh. Make it alive. Change us with the scripture. Convict us. Transform us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're moving to the last section of the book of James. So I, I believe it will be projected up here behind you. But if you have paper in front of you, a New International Version specifically is what I'm reading from, then let me just uh, read this passage and stay with me. Let's do it together. And the seventh verse. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop And how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm. Because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers. Or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the name of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You've heard Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. It's a little strong, huh? It's God's word. We lean into it. Is any one of you in trouble? Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, if you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sin. Lord, bless your word and make it rich in our lives. I'm going to focus not on every specific verse in this passage. I was thinking about really hitting call the elders of the church and putting Ronnie Good's number up in front, but we're not going to do that, Ron. You're off the hook. I'm going to focus on three basic things, patience, community of life, our community life together, and Dealing with those who have wandered from the truth, or how we relate to people that have wandered away from God's truth. And that's where I'm, I'm going to land on that, because I believe so much of the whole passage is going there. It's, it's kind of, the, interestingly, at, at some level you read through this thing and think, boom, that's kind of disconnected. That's this huge thing that he's saying, but it's connected to patience. It's connected to our community life. It's not separate. It's a part of what's happening, and it's it's very, very important. So patience. This is the subject that we all want more of but do not want to figure out how to get it, right? Because patience is something that's not... It's not about being passive. It's not about having a will. I'm patient. I'm just sitting in the office at the dentist I'm reading their latest magazine, you know. No, patience... Here's a definition for you. It is, what do we got? Enduring discomfort or hardship without complaining. You want some more of that? That's That's what we're asking for. Endurance without complaining. Going through difficult things and somehow this growing Substance of the character of God in your life to where you don 't hit tilt and go Wah! you go yes lord i that 's a phrase it 's a most consistent part of my prayer life is yes, Lord it was funny we were in, in uh, Russia and around uh, planted uh, Antioch planted first couple of churches that Antioch planted were not in America they were in Siberia, a little factoid for you, kind of a strange thing, but it was a, a major part of what God was doing in 1990 and 91. And they would stand around and they'd say, Da Gospod, Da Gospod. We're like, what, what's that? What are they doing? Yes, Lord. I thought, oh, we're, we're actually discipling people. This seems to be something they're hearing. <coughs> in Indonesian, Ya Tuhan. Whatever language you want to say it right now, we'll all go, yes, Lord. Try that one more time. You pick your own language. See, si senor, is taken, okay? You've got to have something else over there. So one, two, three, yes, Lord. This is patience, persevering patience in difficulty. Now, how many of you want other people to be patient with you more than you want to be patient with other people. Anybody in the room? So we got to get fresh vision for this. Let's imagine your life. And you're in the hot seat, you're in the chair, we're around you, and we're making an accurate list of what needs to change in your life. We're just so aware. This is where you're at right now, and this is where you're not in line. And we want to see that change right now. So how are you feeling about that? You're saying, Lord Jesus, grow patience in the body of Christ for me. Grow patience in me for my brothers and sisters that we will believe that you are at work to accomplish your will. You are changing us. So we need this substance. And James gives us some vision for this. So I'm going to give you a few points of vision about patience. He says in verse 7, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. So he's saying the ones who endure, the ones who have perseverance, the ones who have patience, are the ones that have an expectancy of Jesus' return. So I am am a part of... Of believing in the unchanging scriptures that emphasize regularly this comes out in James's writing. The Lord He's coming back. There's that some part of that essence of an awareness of the return of Jesus, that all of this complicated life is going to come to just and merciful conclusion. Allows me to take a couple of breaths. And be patient. How do we grow in patience? <clears throat> Practice not complaining in hard situations. When it's coming up for you, you know, complaining is just—it's—it's it's the cool thing to do. It's what we do. We, I, the, and there's a. I believe that we should be weak and vulnerable. We need to be open. This is what's happening in my life. So I'm not saying we always have to always be positive. I'm going to address that actually in a few minutes because we, in body life, we have to talk about what's difficult. <clears throat> but if there's ways that we cannot complain about snow, let's do that. If there's ways that we cannot complain about traffic, Lord, give us grace to do that. If there's ways for the rubs that are in your life, can, we can move forward. You can actually develop Holy Spirit character by obeying this verse. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. And I believe that applies to sisters also. Motivation, vision for patience. Uh, is especially important for people that have anger issues. So I take great comfort in this as a person who is, has a, a fair amount of energy and likes to go fast, that Jesus can build his character in me and deal deeply with anger that may be inappropriate or, or unhealthy in my life. I was that peculiar character, you know, impatience. Here's a picture of me impatient. <clears throat> As a junior and senior in college, I lived about five blocks away from the business school. Got a degree in accounting, and after my classes, I took my stack of books—economics, accounting, business law—these great big fat books that were not uh, electronic. <clears throat> And I would run home. I did that every day. Because I didn't like going slow. I wasn't exercising. I just thought, we need another gear here. So so when someone says, be patient to me, I feel like they're saying... Suffer just a little bit right now, okay? Your goals, we're putting those on hold. All forward movement is stopping. Right? So, there's some truth in that. I'm saying, yes, I'm going to suffer a little bit. And that's good, and it will. I found that patience blesses my family. It heals my marriage and it encourages my friends because they don't see... They're, they're, I had a friend, Joel Wirtson. There were two people. Joel looks like he's standing still when he's moving. <laughs> and I look like I'm moving when I'm standing still. And so I thought, oh, I need to figure out how... To communicate honor of others through being patient. So, yeah, Susan says go get counseling. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> huh? oh, oh, Joel. No, excuse me. I'm Deep wound in my life just revealed. Okay. No, she said is Joel, the guy who's standing still while he's moving, became a professional counselor. So, It was easy for him. He doesn't get any points for that. It's hard for me. (laughs) So, raise your expectation that others will change in time because God is working in our lives. So, he says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop? Patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. He's maximizing the fruit. He's pushing out there and saying, We're going to let this grow as long as possible, the perfect time. We want this fruit in our lives. So patience bleeds over into community life. And in this passage, more than anywhere else in the Bible, in these few verses, it says, brothers and sisters. And then it says, brothers. So this is a very community-oriented set of scriptures. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. And he's talking about something that I think is very relevant to us and what we call our life groups. So there's community life here. Susan had the... She was invited to a synagogue yesterday. And she went, and the service was three hours long. I said... That's how it should be. I'm inspired. God is speaking to us. And then they ended it with a two-hour meal. So it's a five-hour commitment. So I want you to bow your heads right now and raise your hand. I'm willing to do it. No, we won't do that right now. But we need a certain amount of time together. Now, this is the classic. It's not just quality time. It's quantity time. And I was thinking about that. I'm driving on the way here this morning and and thinking about a a time in history where Sunday was it. Think about horses and buggies stage. You came off the farm and you spent all Sunday together. And there was so many different conversations happening. Susan was talking about in the synagogue, There's three-hour service. People just get up and walk and have a conversation with someone. There's a relax. When you move to the longer mode a little more relaxed. A lot of different things going on here. We'll be done by noon today, so just in case the fear level's going in your life. But every Sunday, we say, this is our vision. We're loving God, sharing life, proclaiming Jesus. And every, uh, most any church, Bible-believing Jesus-centered church has some kind of a vision, upward, inward, outward. And we like this phrase because it ties into worship, community, and mission, So loving God, sharing life, proclaiming Jesus. I like the name of Jesus in our vision. You know, it's not just about God, vague, abstract. It's the Trinitarian God, Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. The unchanging one. We're not shifting. We change. He is not changing, and we're lining up with the unchanging one. So, loving God, sharing life, proclaiming Jesus. It's happening when we gather together on Sundays, but we need these smaller environments where we're figuring out how to do that with one another. And this is where James is hitting and so we, we meet, and there's certain aspects of graciousness, you know, getting to know one another. Sometimes we'll have something like an icebreaker, uh, tell us your most embarrassing moment. That's for the people that are late. You say, you know, like, what are we doing right now? We're sharing our most embarrassing moment. Now it's your turn. And uh, the rest of us just told what our third grade teacher was and why she was special to us, you know. But uh, with all of that, those little aspects of functional parts of the life together are valuable. But we need to remember what this is all about. Let me tell you what it's all about. Growing in depth of relationship with each other. You can show up at meetings. You can be in a small group for a couple of years. And be like Kelly. Where are you, Kelly? And never make progress in your life. It was horrible, Kelly. <laughs> she got... <laughs> If you know Kelly, she can handle that as a the harassment and teasing. No, we can be in community on a regular basis and be alone. So, what does James say? Anyone, 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 how do you get these, how do you do life so that you're not alone? Bring up your troubles. Is any one of you in trouble? Let them pray. You got to talk about what's going on that's painful in your life. You have to open that up to others. And you may be thinking, oh, no, if I share this, it's over. They're going to reject me. You bring up your troubles, and that allows people to know you. We're moving into the I'm not all set place in life. And we can't do that with everybody. That's why we use that phrase. Like, I don't have time for you. I'm all set. But I have time for certain people, and I'm not all set, and I want you involved in my life. So we bring up our troubles. And then it's not all about being You know, it's not a dark thing. We celebrate. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. And celebration, in my book, requires food. Food is very important. Jesus loved food. He was having feasts. They called him a glutton. There's food around him all the time. So, again, what does food do? It kind of neutralizes the atmosphere, and you can talk about anything. And that's, that's a place where relationships can build. But something happened in your life. Who was there to say, awesome? We need to celebrate, and that's, that's community. And then, get healed. Is any one of you sick? Is there a problem? Is there some way that we can pray for you? Can we get involved in your life? And then, <clears throat> confess your sin. This is a regular part of our life together. And it's it's not the the most embarrassing moment of your year. It is the place to get clean and clear the deck and start over. And we do that with one another. And um, about a year ago, Phil and uh, a few other men started what's called our Pure Desire Group. It's a connect to a ministry. It's a puredesire.com or .org. You can find it. But it's fantastic progression in confession of sin in very specific ways. And, and what he's talking about in that ministry is dealing with sexual sin. <clears throat> something that's shameful, something that's complicated, but learning how On a regular basis to bring that to a community cleanses us, sets us free. It's profound, it's deep. This is where we need to be living our lives. So this is this is practical. How do we get depth? Bring your troubles, celebrate, bring your sickness, get healed, confess your sin to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now I'm going to step into the last section that I referred to earlier and I'll read that again. Chapter 5, verse 19. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way Will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. You know this is uh, this is hard stuff. Walking through life with people over time, there's so many transitions that happen in life. There are people that. Step away from their faith. Step away from community. Walk into confusion. Mark 4 describes why. Okay, this this is not... In one sense, we're all complicated. There's a story involved in our lives. There's different things that are happening. But there's a relatively simple template for why progression in people's lives stops. Let me read this. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. There's basically number 1 is spiritual warfare. There are so many lies that are coming at you on a daily basis that you need to to cast down every vain imagination, every thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. It's just a regular thing that's coming. And if that muscle is not built in your life and it hooks you and saying, the enemy's gonna steal. <clears> then <throat> it has a section. Others like see so in a rocky places, hear the word at once and receive it with joy. But since they have no root a lack of rudeness, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution come because of the word, they quickly fall away. So, there's something in the inability to deal with trouble, certainly with persecution. If there's resistance from close family members, we uh, worked for 10 years in a Muslim culture, we knew uh, if anybody prays to receive the Lord, Before they walked away, we did a teaching on persecution with them. We said, and I just look at them, how is your family going to respond to this? Is there anyone in your family that might be positive? They'll say, I have an uncle. I, you know, I think he's neutral. I think I might be able to talk to him. And we say, go to them. Don't tell anybody else. You know, we don't go, go home and tell everybody. Because that persecution, we know it's going to come strong and that's what they need to be dealing with. So in different people's life, we, you know, I, I remember this happened in the college ministry thing. We had a, this guy come in from a Saudi Arabian background, and people got really excited, and they kind of pushed him through a prayer. I'm honored with the enthusiasm, the vision, the zeal, but I thought, wow, we have no idea what this person is dealing with. We need a level of discernment of how to to progress with this individual. So people fall away because of persecution, because of trouble. They also fall away, it says in verse 18, because of the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and desire, the lust of other things. There's lust that comes and pulls us away. There's worries, wealth. What I see as a pattern... People in their 20s, why do they fall away? It's because of disillusionment, troubles. People in their 30s, why do they fall away? It's because of wealth and and lust. It's like not being able to integrate their worlds at an increasingly complicated, difficult season. Something's got to give. It's going to be church life. It's going to be community. It's going to be Jesus. So, this is very emotional. I've had conversations with people in the last year where they were taking steps and I saw, ah, this is not going to end well. And I know that I can't avoid it. If I avoid it, if I ignore it, they're going to go away. But there's... No chance for restitution, you know, healing here. I'm going to have to get into this, and I have this promise that I could, I potentially could save them from years of pain if I get into this. So I get in a conversation, and ultimately we come to a line, and I said, "You're going somewhere that I can't go." You're, and I just spelling out to them, "You're leaving. You need to know." It's the choices you're making right now. You're going away. I can't go with you. Oh, wow. So painful. It's very emotional. So I've got some principles for us. Anybody want just some general perspective on how we walk through these different phases in life? Number one, we don't need to live in fear. I love the passage in Jude. You know, someone's stepping away. If you have especially close friends or peers that are stepping away, it rocks your world. But I just love Jude that says, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Lord, you can keep me from stumbling. You are the one who's holding me. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing. There's a song, scripture song that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So this is what I'm living on and meditating on. The one who started this in me is going to hold me, he's going to keep me, he's going to complete this. So I'm not living in fear. Number two, apologetics are more for you than they are for them a lot of times. People are going through things and you're thinking, how do I answer this question? What am I going to do with this? And, and you're dreaming of the silver bullet. I'm going to come up with this wisdom that's just going to go, blam, they're going to go, ah, fall on the ground, repent, it's all going to be better. But many times that is about you getting deeper in your faith. The ap- getting the answers to the questions is you getting resolved in the will of God and you getting resolved in his word. Then get renewal on a regular basis. The number one reason why people stop progressing in their faith is because they lose the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus. They get into a place where it's about activities. They get into a place where it's like hanging with a crowd and going along with other people. And I just talk to yourself and say... It's too important for me not to have intimacy with Jesus that is being freshly renewed. And I get burned out on a regular basis. This guy that's running back from class, living over the edge a little bit, I have to pull back and say, and uh, I actually have been doing this very specifically for the last month with a, a, a book that uh, is talking about your best life Walking in Jesus' easy yoke. And it is, um, it's not Joel Osteen. It is uh, a guy who's, who's just walking in, in wisdom and discernment, and he's, he's talking about building this. And so I'm, I'm going back to the basics, saying, I want this. I want to be loving Jesus. That's what we're talking about the very first Sunday. Is, what's our value? We have to be walking in purity and simplicity of intimacy with Jesus. He hasn't changed. You've got to go back there. So you've got to find renewal on a regular basis. That's what the Sabbath was for. Initially, it's like, okay, you're supposed to be walking in rest, but we're going to nail this down. You're going to set aside some sort of a regular pattern to where you are focusing your heart in a strong way. And the last point that I want to make is, this is principles for us right now that I'm talking about. There is a reward for doing this. <clears throat> you could save people from years of pain. Years of pain. If, you could, if you're willing to take a risk and extend yourself and just say, what's going on? It could change their life. Now, principles for working with those that are wandering. So this is kind of putting it in. I was talking about... What we do, now it's in our relationship with them. Again, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should, bring, should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sin. First, I want to say this is an art and not a science. The science Michael Ellis was talking about last week One two, three, that's a science. And art is one, two, three, four. It's responding, it's a dance. It's responding to the moves of that person. Not having a program that you're putting them into. Because you know, every relationship, sit down in a conversation you're thinking, this is how it's gonna go. Either negatively or over optimistically. But you've got to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to step into this. This is an art. It's a complicated series of moves that's bent depending on the other person. Number two, reject rejection. As you're talking to someone that's pulling away, what does that feel like? What's the message you're getting? rejection. You have to keep dealing with that as a, as a spirit. I just renounce rejection and every lie, every hook that would try to grab a hold of me. I just thank you, Lord, I am accepted in the beloved. When you're dealing with a person that's feeling rejected and pulling themselves farther into rejection, what's going to get on you? It's that thing is going to get on you, and it's, it's going to make you want to reject them. It's going to make you want to pull away. It's going to make you want to say, Don't let the door hit you on the way out. So that's why we learn perseverance, learn patience. It's so important. This is a pastor that's seen a lot of people through persecution, and people walk away. And James is going, patience, 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 perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. And here's how we deal with people that stepped off the edge and walked away. Reject rejection. Whoever listens to you, listen to me, and we're saying, you're not rejecting me, you're rejecting Jesus. Then pray, 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 pray. And go to them. And and this is the Matthew 18 process. Matthew 18, if someone offends you, first go to them. And... Okay, am I saying anything today that's relevant to your life? Anybody dealing with this? Or dealt with it recently, you know? So I'm saying we we've that, that burden, that pain, that difficult thing, that thing that you wake up with in the morning and it's just right there in your face because you feel the difficulty of that relationship and what's happening with that person. Pray. Jesus have mercy. Pray simple prayers. Lord, Wash them, Lord. Claim, let your life surround them. Have mercy, Lord Jesus. Pray, and then go to them. Take the risk. And when you go to them, the second part of the Matthew 18 is sometimes you need to bring other people with you after you've gone by yourself. And the purpose is not to deliver judgment. The purpose is to win them and bring them back. So, what do we do? We ask questions and listen. There may be something that's going on that you just misunderstand. And we always, when people feel listened to, they feel loved. So start the conversation without accusation. Find out what's going on. Then address the hurt. Much, All of those who wander are not lost, but a big percentage of them are. And it's because there's been disappointment. Just had major news again, the Catholic Church, you know. What's God about? Abuse. The opposite. This is the Satan. John chapter 10. Satan who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroys people's lives and then says, that was God that did that. You liar. You're the one that destroyed. It was not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that did that. There were decept- deceived, manipulative Broken people that are hurting others. So, many, many times there's pain. Why is this happening? Why are they moving? It's, there's disappointment, disillusionment, and hurt. And I look for opportunities to represent repentance. Romans 3.3 3 says, What if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man, every human being a liar. And I, this is what you you get in your 20s. I say this again and again. Disillusionment comes in your 20s. Why? Because you have very high ideals. Idealistic people are going to be tested by the realities of life. There's nothing wrong with you. This is normal. And how do you get to the other side? For me, it was like God is true, though every man is a liar. I am not letting go of him. I don't care what else is going on. I don't care what else happens to anyone else. God is true. He is faithful. He is the unchanging one. I'm holding on to him. So you have to get them in the middle of all of that. They've got to say, okay, what is true? going on, and I, and I, so I'm talking with him, and I'm saying, for every way that a father, I just, I just want to speak to you. I'm going to take this personal to us right now. And this is the ministry that we have. I want to tell you, for those of you who have been hurt by fathers, I'm so sorry. It breaks my heart. Fathers that have not been present or have done damage in different ways, I want to stand and say for my my peers, Whatever happened in your life, I'm sorry. That brokenness is, doesn't reflect the heart of God. But He knows you. In the same way, for spiritual leaders, people that disappointed you, people that told lies, people that lived double lives, that's wrong. It breaks God's heart, and I am so sorry. I call them, I point that out rather than avoiding it and say, no, 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 everything's Okay. It was wrong. And I am sorry. So I'm finding the hurt and addressing it. And then I'm addressing the bitterness. You know, it doesn't help you to be bitter, bitterness is drinking poison to think that it could hurt someone else. If I am angry, seething with anger, it's going it's to get to them. No, you are being eaten up by bitterness. It is destroying you. When you forgive, you are healed. Your greatest revenge is wholeness and holiness. Life and peace and joy. That's where you want to get to. So, they need to know that bitterness is not going to help you. And we're all hypocrites. How many of us have times, how many times throughout the day do our lives not line up with God's word and character? We're constantly bringing it back. Repentance is not like this once a month, once a year thing. It's learning how to step back into the presence of God. Stepping back again in what is true. Saying, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. I'm coming back to center again and again and again and again. And you invite them to, to confess your sin. If there's something that's been shameful in your life, Hey, Jesus wants to be with you in the middle of that. He wants to set you free. He wants to bring restoration to your life. And challenge lies in a conversation, you know, not in harshness, but to say, no, that's a lie, that's not true. And depending on your circumstance, that's, this is, see, when we're dealing with people in this kind of a context, there's times where I'm thinking, I don't know how close to the edge we are. I don't know if I'll ever see this person again. I don't know what window I'm dealing with in their life. And so, maybe I can turn a wanderer. And so, I take risks, step out there. And sometimes I overshoot. Sometimes it's a little too harsh. And I say, I am so sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to find this place. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to connect with you. And then leave the door open. As the worship team comes up here, I want to just do this for us today. And I, So I want you to remain seated for just a second. And I want to pray for those of you who right now would stand up for this reason. There's, there are, there's a wanderer that's a friend of mine. There's someone that's stepped away and I want to pray for them right now. And I want to see breakthrough through their lives. If that's true, if you've got a friend that's a wanderer, according to the Scripture, that's stepped away, that's stepping away from truth, and you want me to, you want us to all pray for him. Could you stand up right now? This is common, incredibly common. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask for these souls right now to be delivered from oppression. Lord Jesus, we ask for you to bring your mercy and truth into their lives. Lord, the one who is kind, the one who is faithful, the one who is just and true, the one who is unchanging, come and be that in our friends' lives. Break the lies in the name of Jesus. Speak that out into your own breath. We're all praying together, not just me. Lord, break the lives off of them in the name of Jesus. Break the lies. Break the distortion. Break the confusion. Rescue them, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask for their, the hurt to come up in a way where they can be healed. Do it, Lord Jesus. Bring cleansing into their lives. Them, give them boldness and wisdom to be able to confess their sin, Lord Jesus. Just speak their name under your breath. You Just cry out. Have mercy on them, Lord. Have mercy, Lord Jesus, and give us discernment. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding, Lord, to how to relate to them. Bring breakthrough. Bring breakthrough, Lord. Deliver them, Lord. We ask that they would be brought back. That they would give, have dreams. There would be other faithful people that are around them that would that would see into their lives, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus give us a spirit of prayer that we can walk with that can be substance in breaking patterns in others' lives. Yes, Lord Jesus. You know, that that sick feeling is a burden for prayer. Sometimes that, that yucky thing in your gut, you pray until that goes away. You don't stop praying Until that goes away. That is is called intercession. We don't have time to press into that. We're not doing the three hour service today. But in your own lives, that thing in your gut is God's saying, keep going. I'm going to worship, and I just want you to, there's some of us here that are struggling you and you need someone to pray with you then your role in all this is just humility like get back to community get connected again bring other people into your life go to the deep places don't make walking with jesus something shallow it's not what it is he is the deep one he's the unchanging one so we are going to worship with this song if, if you want to engage with anyone else, you come down here.